welcome to Kraken One Open. I'm Mike. And I'm Elise. And in this episode, I can breathe again. Yay. I'm well. Woo. You can After taste last accurately. episode's heroin cliffhanger, will Mike get over his cold? I know everyone was wondering. <laughs> no one was wondering. No one cared. Left in suspense. I'll taste this beer good, god damn it. <laughs> the other beer was so berry pineapple forward, I could taste that one pretty good. It's true. But I'm ready for whatever you throw at me this week, baby. I'm ready for it. Well, I really hope so, because I'm really excited for this one. So this week, we are cracking open Density Matrix, a double IPA from Barclay Brewing Company, which is available through 12% Beer Project, located in North Haven, Connecticut. This came very highly recommended to me by who I believe is one of the managers at Total Wine and More in West Hartford. And he also happens to be a Cicerone. Uh, Nice perk of the job, apparently. Mm. So he was really excited to talk about this beer in particular and what makes it unique for reasons I will get into, obviously. But first, let's talk about the brewery. This is from their website. Quote, Brian started condo brewing in 2013 when a friend brought over a kit he got for Christmas. That was all it took. He was hooked. It was probably a Mr. Beer kit. Probably. Yeah. Like ours. Uh, After starting off with the classic styles like IPAs, APAs, and Saisons, he found and quickly fell in love with barrel-aged stouts and spontaneous fermented beers. That's when the experimentation began. He took every opportunity to attend Goose Island BCBS which I had to look up. Uh, That stands for Bourbon Country Brand Stout, which is one of their like top selling beers. Okay. Uh, Meetups where reps would talk about process. He would furiously take notes and head back to the lab to experiment. Being an extreme type of guy, he went straight to the biggest, boldest stout he could create. And in that same extreme, he took early experiments straight to the big players like Phil Wymore, um, of perennial artisanal ales and Corey King of side project brewing for critical feedback. After a few painful reviews, mm. the stout feedback began to tick in the right direction. After a few stouts, double barrel legacy and barrel aged heritage gained some attention. And Brian found himself doing some collaboration brews with folks like Sean Burns and Aaron Hansen. Uh, he crafted the idea of a full-on barrel-aged stout club, Dimensions of Time Barrel Project, and he executed this through Ellison Brewing and Spirits. After the success of the project, Brian did a few more collaborations, and one in particular, The Tale of Two Pities, mm. uh, with Timber Ales, landed him at 12% Beer Project as one of their main brands. Huh. Here he is doing the second installment of the Dimensions and Time Barrel project, along with some regular released brews, some that will be brewery only and some that will be distributed. So keep a lookout. Apparently he has a big following in Chicago. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't know 12% went out that far. Uh, Well, I guess at least his brews did. Whether it was through Ellison Brewing or not, I'm not sure. Okay, okay, okay. That's pretty dope. Yeah. So Density Matrix, according to the website, is, quote, one of our base hazy double IPA recipes that we'll be exploring different hot blends with. Light with a full body and bursting with flavor. And what makes this IPA unique is that it only uses New Zealand hops. 
In fact, the New Zealand IPA was just recognized by the Brewers Association and added as a category to the Great American Beer Festival in 2021. Hmm. New Zealand IPAs uh, are described as having floral, fruity, sulfur slash diesel like citrusy or grassy flavors or aromas, while New Zealand Pale Ales, which is the other new Great American Beer Festival category, should show tropical fruit, passion fruit and or stone fruit, cut grass and diesel. I'm looking at your face right now. Diesel? I've never gotten that. The first one was diesel and oil? Diesel and uh, sulfur. Oh, sulfur. Yeah, the sulfur and the diesel. I just... What? I've n- yeah. I totally agree with floral, fruity, citrusy, grassy. Yeah. Diesel and sulfur? I get that from more dank hops. The dank I can get the sulfur. I've never gotten diesel at any now I'm gonna have to look for diesel in all these things. <laughs> I have that's never actually, that's not uncommon. But yeah, the oh you've I've never heard that before. Really? Never the diesel. Huh. The sulfur I've I've heard people in past, like, obviously they don't put that in the can. No one wants to read the term sulfur. Yeah. But I have heard that term passed around and people talking about beer. Okay. And I can get, like you said, the dank one, the dank mm-hmm. hops, mm-hmm. but not really the New Zealand. The yeah, not necessarily from my me. fucking mind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the hops used in Density Matrix are Ruwaka, Waiiti, and Rakao. Ruwaka hops, a.k.a. Desaws, were released in 1997, and it is considered one of the darling hops of the New Zealand craft beer scene. Ruwaka is an aroma hop that has almost twice the oil content of its parent variety, Saz, and nearly a one-to-one ratio of alpha to beta acids, giving it a strong, sweet citrus note that makes it perfect in hoppy beers like IPAs. It has notes of grapefruit, passion fruit, and I even saw kumquat, kumquat? On, one, on one list. Waiiti was released to brewers in 2011 as, alongside Kohatu hops, um, which we've talked about before as well. It is a triploid hop with Haller Tower Mittelfra in its parentage and the Liberty hop as its grandparent. It features higher beta acids than alpha acids, low cohumulone, and a robust oil content. This creates a rounded, clean bitterness when used with single-hopped beers. Waiiti brings a splash of lime and mandarin, as well as stone fruits like fresh peach and ripe apricot. And this hop really hopes to bring out the stone fruit flavor when used as a mid-to-late addition. And finally, Rikau hops were, quote, rediscovered and re-released, according to Yakima Valley hops, which I never uh, found a an answer to why they were rediscovered and re-released, which kind of bugs me. Uh, So they were rediscovered and re-released in 2011 by the New Zealand Hop Breeding Program. It is bursting with big fruit-forward character that is described by the breeder as, quote, the whole orchard. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Rakao is a clean and efficient bittering hop, but is usually used in later additions to maximize the fresh fruit aroma. It has a high myrcene content, which lends flavors and aromas of apricot, plum, mango, pear, and other stone fruits. And some lighter notes of pine and lime are also present. Pine and lime. It's well-suited for American pale ales, hop-forward lagers, or Belgian ales. Have we had that hop before? 
Uh, not to my knowledge. It didn't come up with any of my searches through my notes. Mm. We've definitely had beers with Raquel in it. Okay. Like outside of the podcast. Which is not of the podcast. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So yeah, I'm really excited for this one. I want to taste some diesel. <laughs> now I'm on a hunt. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do this. And we're back. All right. I was going to say, you're looking at me, but you're the one that usually brings us back into it. Oh, am I usually? Yes. <laughs> well, let's get to it then. Nothing to it but to do it. Crick crack. Smells like beer. Pretty fruity. Ooh, I got, got some pine notes at the end of that can sniff. Yes, agreed. Fruit, like, then pine. Not just like, hey, that's like pine. Like a sharp pine smell. Let's see if I can get it off the glass too. Ooh, I see some sediment. I got some fruity notes, some citrusy fruit. I guess it's a little piney, but not as much as that like sharp burst of pine from the, hmm. the can. This is really interesting. It's nice and golden, hazy. A little bit of very a very hazy. Very little bit. Very little head, but a little head. I'm getting lots of fruit. Lots of sediment, but it's very tiny little pieces. Yeah, it definitely smells fruitier than I expected. Yeah. But I'm also, like you mentioned, getting that pine at the end as well. I'm getting the pine. It's not as sharp pine as it was from the can. Mm. Like pine needles in my nose, but you do get a pininess. I'll do like a piney beer. Interesting. Right. Cheers. Weird. It's a lot more muted than I expected. Same. But it's nice. It's this not is really smooth. It's really it's smooth and it's balanced. Very well balanced. Like I get an initial burst of bitter and then it gets really smooth, almost to the point of that like vanilla creamy note that we get from cryo hops. Yeah, it does. Almost gets there. Almost. But you're right. The creaminess definitely gets there. Mm -hmm. But you don't get that vanilla at the end. It's almost like that cream without the vanilla. Yeah. Oh, a lot good. of citrus right off the top. Like I. It's a, it is very citrusy citrus forward. Yeah. But I think the citrus is what's help balance out the, the sweetness. Mm -hmm. Especially the sweetness of it being a double IPA. That's exactly what I was thinking. It's like, it's so smooth for a double IPA because double IPAs are usually sweet. Overly sweet. Like or saccharin. overly alcoholic. Mm -hmm. Which usually they're not too overly because yeah. Most of them use this robust amount of sweetness to kind of hide that extra mm -hmm. alcohol, which this is like, I'm sure it is as well, <laughs> but it's hiding it so well by balancing everything. It doesn't taste like it's a double. No. You can tell there's something going on. Like, I'm not saying it's like perfectly hidden. It's not. No, like you can. You can tell it's not like. A. Five and a half or six percent beer, yeah. but it, it doesn't taste like it could be. I think it's eight and a half. It's twelve. Eight. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily taste like it's eight percent. If, if you asked me, I would have said like six, six and a half tops. Uh, I don't know what I would have said off the top of my head. Now that I know, it has tainted it. But I feel.
I kind of. I'd say seven, seven and a half, probably. Yeah. I would say it was higher. I don't know if I'd know it was a double right off the bat, though. Yeah, that. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Like I kind of base everything around uh, Sea Hag. Well, Sea Hag's not a double, though. No, but in terms of like, if I can tell what percentage the oh, the IPA is, Sea Hag's like your base. Yeah. That's weird, but yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I would say this would probably be a seven, and I would just think this was like a hazy IPA. Yeah. With like that, maybe yeah, a little extra really something in it, but yeah. It really, it's so well balanced. There's no extra alcoholness, alcoholiness to it or whatever, and there's no, like you said, saccharine sweetness. There's no sweetness that makes me go, oh my God, what did they pour, you know? pineapple juice or mango juice in here to make me forget to cover it up yeah it just is great and that's a good double ipa doesn't need the extra sweetness and it doesn't need it or you know not just like hey here you go yeah you taste all that extra alcohol Mm -hmm. it's like no a good double ipa should just taste good the goal of the double ipa shouldn't be let's just get you crunk and also diabetes. Yeah. A good double IPA should just be made because you've created a flavor profile that's enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And yes, it's also going to have the added benefit of getting you that buzz, but, you know, so can two or three of a normal normal beer. That's not as ridiculously sweet. Yeah. This is very enjoyable. I think the New Zealand hops have such, they're so floral and so fruity that it, it just works so well as a, a counteractive, like. Yeah, they're definitely floral piece to the IPA puzzle and more earthy. Mm-hmm. And I think that the fact that they're piney as well, the pine aftertaste instead of like a hop, that's just pineapple, mm-hmm. the pineness of it. Gives it an extra little push of the bitter, takes it away from that sweetness that a purely fruity hop would give you. Mm-hmm. you know what I mean, it's not just, hey, here's papaya and pineapple all mixed together in one. This is, you know, pine needles and grass and earthiness mm-hmm. with a hint of it's citrus. More complex, but it's but also, yeah. yeah, it's not, I don't think in any New Zealand hop have I ever been able to pick out a particular fruit and go, it's this fruit. Yeah, I guess that's fair. It's like you can tell that there's a little bit of citrus and a little bit of stone fruit, but it's not distinct. Yeah. Whereas some of them are just like, that's pineapple, that's papaya. You know, this is, or apricot. This is just like. Aside from, there, there was one beer that we had with a New Zealand hop that was like super limey. But was it only was it- the New Zealand hop? Or were there other hops within it? That I don't remember. Or is it brewed with lime? <laughs> no, it was not specifically brewed with lime. I think it was the foundation, the kiwi bird one. Okay. Oh, maybe. Or are you just thinking that because the can was green? No, I remember it, it said something about tasting like... Having lime? Like popsicles on a hot day or something. Oh, okay. I vaguely recall this. You might be onto something there. I definitely can't get diesel. I'll mm-hmm. tell you that. 
No, that's true. That did surprise me to see on a, the description of those New Zealand hops. Diesel. I will say, we're such a smooth beer. It is settling a little heavy. I'm slowing down. <laughs> That's because it's, you know, a hazy, heavy, a double IPA. Mm. It might not taste too double, but it's double. And hazy beers are always a little heavier. Yeah. Unless it's extra. So even though it might not taste like it's got extra sugars and stuff, I'm sure it does. Definitely. But damn, is it delicious. Creamy, earthy, piney, the, with a nice burst of citrus at the very beginning. It's just, it's got like a really complex evolution and it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I got a little bit of like lemon-lime action going as the beer's mm-hmm. getting warmer. Mm-hmm. Like toward the middle. As it's coming down yeah. in temperature from fridge temp. Definitely got a little bit of a lemon-lime thing going. <sighs> it does not smell like diesel. <laughs> no. Getting that diesel that, That's really something that I don't get from IPAs with New Zealand hops. I'm going to have to drink this near a gas station. See if I can just to really compare. Just take a big old whiff near the, near the pump number four. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. And then take a big old whiff of my can. Oh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Love the smell of diesel in the morning. Mm. It's a well-balanced beer. Mm-hmm. For sure. And the can. Is awesome. It's a tall boy. It's got a little uh, wraparound glued on label. It is a matte. What? No, it's a navy blue. Yeah, Very say, dark. Could just be a really super dark blue, but it's like almost black. So it's like weird. Our lights aren't on right now. So like your eyes don't know what they want to do with that color. And then on the in the center, it's just this shiny holographic square made out of cubes a cube of cubes you might say it's a matrix (gasps) i would say cubeception uh they're all like shiny cubes making on one big cube in a matrix a density matrix if you would and below the cube is density matrix in two different shades of shiny blue a metallic light blue and a metallic dark blue below that are ytt Rawaka and Rakao hops. Um, and that's in like a nice pink, purple, holographic, thin font. And below that is back to the shiny blue, says double India pale ale. And it's like whatever's right in your face is what's lit up. And then it kind of like fades mm-hmm. as you don't because it's like got that shiny to it. On the left side, you've got. Density Matrix is one of our Base New England style double IPA recipes. In this series, we will explore hop blends. Each beer will be dry hopped with a blend of hops, bringing an abundance of flavor to the bold base. Bold base. That's alliteration. Baby. Baby. Enjoy fresh with friends. 1.8% alcohol by volume. Then above that on the left-hand side, you get the Barclay Brewing Company logo, which is a line drawing of wheat. 
in a hexagon. Very clean and to the point and modern looking. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then to the right of the can is the government warning. I shouldn't be drinking this. I am pregnant. Brewed and packaged by 12% North Haven, Connecticut. For Barkley Brewing Company distributed by 12%. Brewed and packaged by 12% for Barkley Brewing Company. Mm -hmm. Distributed by 12%. Very strange. 12% brews it and distributes it, but they do it all for Barclay Brewing. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 think, get, I, I get what they're be, saying. I think because Barclay Brewing was established outside of 12% and now they just have kind of a, an agreement, like a... Well, they're one of the main things you said. They're one of the main people that are brewing with them. Then. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I get what they're trying to say. That Barclay Brewing is brewed in 12%. So it's like 12% brews it for them, but they're yeah. there brewing it. Yeah. Because it's a gypsy brewery. And then it's distributed to, by 12% because 12% is when that pays for it to go out and do all that stuff. Yeah. It just reading it is very odd. <laughs> like if you don't know what 12% is, it's like, what? Yeah. No, yeah, that's true. That's fair. Anybody who just reads 12% in the cans is, it, and doesn't look it up is like probably thinks 12% is like this huge brewery that makes. You know, I keep, they're brewing this for all these. I've never had a 12% beer. That's why. I'd really like to, like, where, I want to know what 12% means. 12% what? I don't know. I know that most of their beers are higher proof. That's I, also That's what very I true. always thought was that they just make high proof beers. Yeah. Cause backstory, I got, uh, for, for Christmas, I got Mike a kind of grab bag of their most recent Brews at brews the time. at the time. So it was kind of like you pay X amount of dollars and you get just kind of a, a mix of a dozen beers. Um, and most of them turned out to be pretty fucking awesome. Mm -hmm. And we still have to go there like as a a brewery date kind yep. of thing. I got money to there now. We got That's like a true. gift card. Yeah, we box. got a five five dollars back to to come and actually hang out at the brewery. But I heard it's a cool place. And obviously yeah. It's Our, not a place where like you're stuck with one Dean brewery. And Chris love it. Yeah, and Chris got me for my birthday a mix, a little mix, uh, not as big of a box, yeah. but a little mixed grab bag of different beers, like a six pack or something. Mm -hmm. And those beers were pretty good too. Yeah, more sour. I mean, but, yeah, it, it's a great idea to have so many like little breweries that don't necessarily have the means to distribute on their own, but are solid brewers. But are, yeah, solid enough for twelve percent to want to put their name on it, mm -hmm. which is pretty cool. Pick up beers by 12%. You'll find some interesting breweries that you might not have otherwise. For sure, for sure. Mm -hmm. Like this boy. Oh. <sighs> Empty glass. <laughs> Empty glass club for you. I do like that the sediment. Is very minimal. It's, well, I had a lot on that last sip. The bottom of my glass was kind of painted with some. But it was very small, and it didn't seem to really affect the taste at the very last sip. Usually at the end, you get some meh sip because of the sediment. I don't mm -hmm. care what anyone says. Sediment does affect the taste of your beer at the end. It does. You can't taste it. End. It's not like it doesn't taste like sludge, but at the same time, it also still kind of affects the mouthfeel. No, but I feel like another factor is what by the time you get to the end of your glass, especially with a tall boy like this, is the temperature has come down. And I feel like that also affects, like it, it emphasizes the taste of the 
Sure. I would believe that. But I think, I don't know. We talked about it in the cast before. I'm done with sediment. I don't think it makes you seem better than anyone else. And I don't think it makes you seem more craft. It's not more. Yeah, it's not more You're, crafty. Yeah. It's not. I think sediment is a hipster notion that I'm so I'm not hipster. down with it. Like, oh, it's just sediment. It's and just a natural sediment. And that's coming from two elder millennials. Yeah, it's just so. I don't know if we're elder millennials. We're, we're on the we're, verge. We're on the verge, but we're not quite elder millennials. But it's just like, you don't need it. Just filter out the sediment. Just have mm-hmm. the technology to filter out. No one likes the sediment. Yeah. Anyone who says they like the sediment is lying to you. Like, oh man, this is so craft. Craft beer is everywhere. You're not unique for having a craft brewery. Like that, simply having a craft brewery doesn't make you unique. Being like, oh, I'm independent, you know. So is everybody else, man. This the this the age of the craft brewery. It is. Get it that, truly is. Get that sediment out of there. Just pay for a filter. Get the crap out. <laughs> it does have a taste. It does have a texture. It does affect the last sip. And the you're last only getting sip in the can. In a big way. Yeah, mostly the last sip. But still, come on. Oh, I like my last sip. It's it's me saying goodbye to your beer, and I don't want to say goodbye to my to your beer with a sip that's subpar compared that to the sucks. rest of the beer. Yeah. yeah, where you're like, yeah, you're just like, I guess I'll drink that last sip. Your last sip of a beer, like you'd get at a tap room from a draft. You're not getting sediment in the draft. I've never gotten sediment in a draft pour. Mm-hmm. So your last sip at a draft should, is like when you're leaving the brewery is like, ah, oh, goodbye, friend. Till next time, <laughs> and you take that one last sip, and you're like, oh yeah. It's great. Yeah. Like, I can't wait to come back. Exactly. And you leave that glass and you're walking away and you're in the press putting it on the counter as you're walking out. Mm-hmm. And he's like, ah. If you're good people and you return your glasses when yeah. you leave. When it's got the sediment, you're at home and you're just like, the last sip is just like, mm. I feel like that leaves you with a bad, you know. Literal. Pun intended. And yeah. figurative taste Bad in taste mouth. in your mouth. You're just like, Ugh. Like, you're leaving, you're leaving out a low note with that beer. I agree. That was my PSA on sediment. <laughs> I'm anti-sediment now. I'm going to take sediment you've, into You've taken a you know strong what? stance I know on we're sediment. already over halfway through with the year. We've got a lot of art <laughs> contenders for the top 10 already. But I'm making a stand here. If you I had sediment on the bottom, back. if I remember that you have sediment on the bottom, yeah. I'm taking a point off. I'm taking a point off for sediment. Oh, shit. That's right. I don't need that stuff anymore. I'm done with it. Sediment's gross. It's not horrendously gross, but it's gross enough that I'm docking you. So, like, if we're going to have this empty glass club or empty mug club, whatever we labeled it, Mm -hmm. do we need to start setting up, like, categories? Like, do we need to, like, review this at the end, like, in a specific... Best IPA. We might want to add, like... Top 10, but still do best IPA, best yeah, double IPA, best out. Mm-hmm. But, you know, at the same time, we don't hit every category. Because we don't usually have a Saison. Yeah, that's true. Because I don't like Saisons. Although if you pick one out, I'd still drink it. Because we don't usually talk about them. So it'd be at least interesting to talk about. Probably won't be an empty mug club for me, but we'll talk <laughs> about them. We'll see. Yeah, definitely points off for sediment. 
Regardless, points off for sediment. Points I, off for I sediment. Just, I just can't anymore. <laughs> I don't have a mustache or a, a, what are the hats that hipsters wear? Beret. I don't have a beret. Newsy hats. I don't have a newsy hat. Or, or a beret. Yeah, yeah, I guess either, really. <sighs> Sediment's stupid. It does not make you special. It's dumb. It's a dumb mark on a beer to make it seem like it's craft. We know your craft. We get it. Most beers craft. If I wanted Budweiser, I'd have gotten Budweiser. I didn't get Budweiser. Yeah. Because I know that it's his craft beer. Yeah. I don't need sludge at the bottom of my beer to tell me it's not. <laughs> it's snot? It's, oh my God, it kind of is snot. <laughs> oh my God. I thought about it like that. That's my dad's joke. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Anyway. That's all I got on this beer. It's it's a really good beer. I'm glad you bought this because I think this is this is up there with some of my favorite double this IPAs. It's fantastic. You know, sediment uh <laughs> rant aside. Sediment aside, this is the best damn, damn beer ever. <laughs> this is this is really like that's an aqua teen reference. That's right. Brood witch. <laughs> Eat the sun-dried tomatoes. <laughs> Hey, dual empty, empty mug, mug club. club. Like I think this beer is perfectly balanced, even more so than maybe my favorite double IPA, which is Ghost Island from Thimble. Ooh, yeah, we should have a side by side. Oh, a double IPA. Oh, we that could be the next six pack series. We could do double IPAs and get really fucked up. Oh shit! We'll just have to make sure we only do like a it's tour. on like a we'll have holiday a, weekend. We'll have to do short glasses. Oh, and just split like the glass. The small sifter, split the, yeah. Snifters, yeah. Yeah. Um, do six small snifters. It'd be a waste of beer, but eh. I think that this is perfectly balanced, whereas Ghost Island, which is my favorite, still kind of tastes like a double IPA a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, but it doesn't have an ob- overt sweetness. It's just a stronger beer. Yeah. One of my other top fives are Road to Ruin, and Road to Ruin is... Very good and almost tastes like a regular beer, but you can also tell you're getting messed up while you're drinking it. Yeah. So, but also there was another beer we had on this podcast that was like one of my favorite double IPAs that I've ever had. I can't. Okay. And I was like, this almost, and I can't remember what it was. Ah. Uh, because that's what I'm like that. We got to do like an Excel spreadsheet by style as well. I started that way back when and just never kept up with it because it's just too complicated. Like over 100 episodes. Not 100 episodes. Yeah, we're over 100 episodes. Yeah, we're going on 150. Yeah. Ooh, what are we at now? Uh, this is 142. We're going to do something special for 150. Yeah. Um, Maybe 150 could be our fucked up uh, double IPA episode. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think this is definitely, if I remember this beer, which it's a local beer, which maybe the other double IPA it wasn't, which is why I haven't had it again. Mm-hmm. Um, this is definitely like a top five double IPA for me. For a double IPA? Absolutely. Yes. For you too? Because the mm-hmm. last one we had, it was not on your list for you. So that's good. Um, but perfectly balanced. The New Zealand hops, like I always say, I am all about New Zealand hop nowadays. Mm-hmm. Like I love New Zealand hops. I think it's it's the new wave, baby. It's, it's got enough pine and resin, but it's also a hazy IPA. There's so much going on with it that it distracts you from being a double. It is a little heavy, but sometimes it's good because sometimes it, 
you, I if it's that high of a percentage, you need to slow down a little bit. <laughs> yes, I do agree with that. But also sometimes I want to only have one beer. Mm-hmm. But if sometimes I have a weaker beer and I just kind of go, well, I want another beer. But this is heavy enough to where I'm like, ooh, that kind of weighed me down. I think I'm good. But it's a high enough proof that I'm going to get a little buzz as anyway. Mm-hmm. So I should be like, but you know, I'm a, I think I'm good. I think that's all I need. Great. This is where I'm at. I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's great. And at the same time, I'm like, oh, this is too alcohol here. Like there are double and triple IPAs out there that are just like, let's get messed up. Yeah. And that's great. But if if I am like that, if I'm ever in the mood to like just get messed up, I'm probably going to have some kind of cocktail, like a martini or just straight up doing shots. True. I'm not going to drink a 5,000 calorie beer. If I'm going to get messed up, I'm going to at least shots, at my age shots, now. Shots, yeah. Shots, shots. I'm going to have to be at the point where I realize there's less calories just to do a bunch of yeah. whiskey shots or something like that. Just to drink a, or drink like, two I would fingers honest, of whiskey. I would rather do a flight and be able to sample just a little bit of every beer that a brewery has to offer than like order a whole like slew of full size beers. Mm. Calorie wise, yes. I mean, I'm not often thinking about calories, but if I'm like, I'm gonna get messed up today, like I'm going to a party, yeah, yeah. We, you know, you know, we'll have a couple of like choice beers, and then we'll go switch over to like, I'll try to do like whiskey or scotch or something, and you'll do like vodka or tequila with, um, our sister-in-law. Mm-hmm. But like, we'll try to do that like that because it's like you can't just do beer all day; that weighs you down. It does. It really does. But that's a good thing about some of the double IPAs is it's a dangerous double IPA that doesn't let you know that it's at least heavy. Mm-hmm. So at least that's got this because the taste and flavor is like so good. And that creaminess, that creaminess finish, it just surprises you. It it's really like stands you, out. It comes out like out of nowhere. Like, yeah, it's so good. A hazy double IPA. That's yeah, like it just perfect. balances out the citrus and like just a perfect balance throughout. Yep. So yeah, if you can find it, Density Matrix, especially guys, if you're in Chicago, apparently they're big in Chicago. I don't know if they're still big in Chicago, but go check them out. Chi Town. Uh, and if you're in the area or New York, New Jersey, you know the tri-state area, what we call, mm-hmm. go to Twelve Percent, try this beer, or buy it. I'm sure it's available to you because mm-hmm. Twelve uh, Percent's available in all those places. Just go get it. It's a really good double IPA. Yeah. Highly recommend. That's all I got. That's all I got. So thank you guys for tuning in to this week's episode. And if you enjoyed it, please rate it, review it, share it with your friends and subscribe to catch our future episodes. You can follow us on crackandwhenopen.com or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at crackandwhenopen. Or shoot us an email at crackandwhenopen at gmail.com with any comments, questions, or suggestions. Because we always want to hear from you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What else you got to plug? 
well, I've got another podcast I do called Forgotten Cinema, a podcast I do with my buddy Mike Field, where we talk about films that seem to be forgotten by audiences, whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time, but the film simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the movie, maybe don't love about it, but we always recommend you revisit it. You never know, you might find your own forgotten gem. So check that out at ForgottenEntertainment.com, because we are part of the Forgotten Entertainment family, or ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com. And uh, yeah, give us a rate, review, subscribe, listen, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. I've also got Audible audiobooks. Go on Audible. Look at my name, Michael Butler. I got a bunch of different books. Switch, Our Fucking Gangsters, Sour, The Final Girl, Coffee at Midnight, Progressive Entrapment, Vacation Planet, The Murder of Kelly Christopher. I've got quite a few. Go check them out. I don't write them. I just narrate them, but I'm get dang good at it. <laughs> so uh, go check those out. More are coming soon. And yeah, that's it. That's it. Well, then, a special thanks for our theme, which was composed and performed by Joe Reichert. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.